Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Homeschool with Moxie podcast, where our goal is to inspire and encourage you with actionable strategies to take you from overwhelmed to confident in your homeschool adventure. I'm Abby Banks, and this is episode number eight. This episode is brought to you by my Themes of Geography Assignment and Project Bundle. If you have some middle schoolers in your house who need to study geography this year, or maybe you want to group a lot of multiple ages together to have a unit study on geography, then this bundle is great for you. It goes along with my YouTube playlist, which you can find free in my resource library. But if you'd like the assignment and project bundle, you can find the link in the show notes for today's episode at 41more.com forward slash eight. And there's a coupon code for you as well. So welcome to today's episode, episode number eight, how to homeschool on one income. If you are homeschooling and only one parent is working, or maybe you're a single parent and you're working and homeschooling, just know that you are not alone. Stats say that homeschooled kids are more likely than other students to have one parent in the labor force if they have two parents most likely they have one parent only working. You're not a two-income family. That's actually not the most um, common situation for homeschoolers. So our story is like most of yours. We have always lived on one income. So when my husband and I got married, actually before we graduated from university, I was studying to be a teacher. So the goal was as soon as I was done, I was going to get a teaching job and put him through grad school, which is what we did. But after I had taught in the classroom for several years and all our friends were getting married and having babies, we were really ready to start our family. So he put additional grad school on hold. And I said, we kind of had an agreement that as soon as he got through his master's degree, I would get to stay home and have babies because that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a mom. So I came home, we started having kids, and I really never had the desire to go back to work while I was raising our young kids. And we ended up having four boys in a short span of time. So things were crazy busy in our house. And I didn't sleep a whole lot in those years, but I wouldn't change a thing. It was wonderful. And so, you know, after a while, we we had always lived on one income. We actually never had two incomes because when I was working, my husband was a full-time student in grad school, and we even had to pay tuition out of my income. And then as soon as we started having kids, he went to, to work, and we've just never changed that dynamic. So we have gotten used to living on one income. I guess if you're going from two incomes and stripping back one income, one parent decides to stay home and homeschool, I think that transition is actually going to be harder for you than it was for us because we've never known it any other way. We've never lived on two full-time incomes. So our standard of living is just, we're just used to how to make it work on one income. And we have a large family. We have five kids and my husband is in full-time ministry. So he's not at a super high paying job like he could be if he was in the business world or whatever. 
So we've learned to make it work, and I'm here to encourage you that if you find yourself homeschooling with only one parent able to work, and you feel a little, a little stuck, and maybe you feel kind of lonely, like, am I the only one in this situation? I want to encourage you that, no, you are not alone. It's actually a very common scenario for homeschooling families. But today's episode is going to be really practical because it can be hard. It's not easy to live on one income and homeschool, which also means you might have to be spending money that you wouldn't otherwise on your kid's education. So let's talk about some really practical ways to make this work. You know, moms who homeschool really have moxie, and I've talked about this word before. It's such an, it's such an old word. It's from like the 30s, but I think it really, um, really describes homeschool moms well. To have moxie means that you have to be scrappy. You have to be creative. You have to be persevering. You have to push through hard times because you have that kind of zeal and passion for your kids' schooling. And this is exactly what we find when we homeschool. We get creative. We figure out how to make it work because it's something that we really think is best for our kids. So let's talk on this episode about practical ways to, if you're homeschooling on one income, how to make it happen and how to make it happen in a, in a more livable way. You ready? Here are some of my best tips. Let's go. So the first practical step of homeschooling on one income is really to save. See how much you can save each month by cutting back on certain things. So there are simple ways to do this that you might think, oh, that's only dollars each month. But when you do this in dozens of categories, it really does add up to hundreds and hundreds of dollars each month. How about simple things like freezer cooking? You can stock up when things are on sale, which saves you time and money. And you're not just going out to eat because you haven't planned ahead on the meals. So really paying attention to the grocery budget can be a really easy way to save some serious money. What about your cars? Maybe you don't need two cars. We've gone through certain seasons in our married life where we just had one vehicle. And in today's society, it's almost unheard of if you have two adults in the house to have one vehicle. But it really was uh, an effort we made to cut back for a certain number of years to save money. And we figured out ways to get around it. So maybe you don't need two vehicles. And especially if you're going to buy a vehicle, don't buy new. Um, Definitely go for a used car that you can get with cash and you're not signing up for a big... um, payment plan. So cars are a big, big way to save a lot of money. What about cutting the cable bill? I know some of you, this might be a sore issue and you love your, your, your uh, TV that you're able to watch, but maybe you can utilize the library more or maybe use something that's cheaper than cable, maybe Netflix or something like that. Um, save and reuse your kids' clothes and their shoes and their outerwear. We have five kids. The first four are boys. And I'll tell you what, um, I haven't bought a whole lot of clothes for those boys over the years. We got a lot given to us, and the oldest would wear it, and then his brother would wear it, and then the next boy would wear it, and then number four would wear it, and then it goes to Salvation Army. We really don't worry in our house too much about are our kids trendy? Are they wearing new clothes? Are they wearing the latest thing? Now, I know some people are more attuned to this, and it bothers them if their kids don't look on trend. But this is going to have to be something you decide. Am I, are you able to sacrifice that look for saving money? Now, you actually don't have to sacrifice the look. There are lots of ways to get really up-to-date, newish clothing for a great price. So I'm not saying you ha- your kids have to look like they live on the street. Definitely not. But think about 
are you really investing too much money in your kid's clothing when you could be saving it so that you don't have a hard time living on one income? What about different things you can DIY? Now, I know this might sound weird to you, but you can DIY deodorant, and it actually works better than the stuff in the store. It's actually healthier for you. And this might sound a little crazy too, but there's such a thing as reusable feminine products. You can buy them on Etsy, make a one-time purchase, and guess what? You have this for years. And it's, I'll, I'll put some links in the show notes at 41more.com forward slash eight. But I'll tell you what, I have saved literally probably over $1,000 at this point for doing certain things like this DIY. So, you know, imagine what you could do if you put some thought into it and looked at ways to save some money, so so cut some things off. If you're going to shop and you're going to go grocery shopping, an easy way to save money is to shop online. You're not going to have those impulse buys where you're walking through the store, throw a bunch of extra stuff in the cart that you didn't need anyway. So grocery shopping online is a great way to save money because you're staying on budget. You take it out of your online cart if you go over budget, and you're you're really being a little more proactive with your budget. So that's point number one. How, what are some ways you can save some serious cash throughout the month and then throughout the year that will make living on one budget and one income and homeschooling on that one income, it will make it a lot easier for you. That's point number one. Point number two is to think of some ways that you could make money on the side. So if you're not able to have a second parent working full time, maybe that parent that's staying home and homeschooling, it's usually the mom, sometimes it's the dad, but it's usually the mom. What if you could make money on the side? I did this personally um, about six years ago when we were thinking about pursuing adoption. And adoption internationally is not cheap. And hardly anyone has that money just sitting around in their bank account. So we knew we needed several hundred dollars extra per month to pay for the adoption fees. So I opened an Etsy shop and it kind of gave me a way to have a creative outlet um, after we finished homeschooling for the day. And it was fun because I got to do things I enjoyed but then sold them sold my creations, and made a great part-time income. The first year I I sold on Etsy, I made over $11,000 with just my crafts, which is kind of amazing because I didn't put a whole lot of time into it. I wasn't working um, even, you know, a whole lot every day. I kind of worked whenever I wanted to and when I felt like I wanted to have that creative outlet. So things like starting an Etsy shop might be fun. Um, if you're making printables and worksheets for your homeschool anyway, you could sell them on Teachers Pay Teachers, and you can make a nice little passive income there as well. eBay, don't overlook eBay. Um, lots of times when my kids outgrow clothes or snowsuits or shoes that are still in good condition, or if I have old homeschool curriculum, I put that stuff up on eBay, and for a while I was making several hundred dollars a month just from selling off our stuff. Maybe old games, toys, like I said, bundle certain clothes together. It's crazy what you can make if you take a little time and try to sell it. How about leveraging your talents? Now, everyone has a talent. You might not think you do, but everyone has something they're good at. Even if it's just cleaning. Some people love to clean. Personally, I can't stand it. And if I was a millionaire, I would be hiring a housekeeper. But some people love to clean. Well, maybe you could start a business cleaning other people's houses when your kids, after school's done and your kids are taken care of, you can fit that in your schedule and you can make a nice little side income. 
Do you play a musical instrument? You could teach music lessons in your home. I personally do this, and it's also a nice side income, and people come to me, and it's around the schedule that I set. It's super, super great side gig. What about childcare? I know some homeschool moms who have in-home childcare while they're homeschooling their kids. Now, you have to be a certain personality that loves that to, to be able to make it work. I think it would drive me crazy, but some people are good at it. So go ahead and think about what are you good at? What could you leverage to bring in some side income? But here's the thing. It doesn't matter how much extra money you bring in or how well you do at cutting expenses if you don't know how to budget. There are a lot of people making a great income but still living in the red because they don't have a budget. So that's point number three. Let's talk about budgeting. Point number three is budgeting. But here's the thing. If you've got a big debt um, already on your, on your shoulders, you really need to try to eliminate that debt. Because no matter how much money you bring in or how much costs you cut, you're still going to have to be paying off that debt. So clearly your first goal is, gonna be, is going to be to get out of debt. But even while you're doing that, or if you don't have any debt, you really need to budget well. You need to tell your money where to go before the month starts instead of wondering where it went. So instead of budgeting paycheck to paycheck, you need to actually get on a plan where you're budgeting last month's income for this month's expenses, so it's your whole month ahead. Now, this does take a lot of discipline to get one month ahead at the beginning. It's going to take a lot of self-sacrifice, but it's totally worth it. And that's the only way to get out of that grind of living paycheck to paycheck. So here are some tools that I would look into. Dave Ramsey has an app called Every Dollar, and it will help you set up a budget. So I will put the links in the show notes at 41more.com forward slash eight. But I would definitely look into Dave Ramsey and all the information he has on budgeting. We personally use YNAB, which stands for You Need a Budget. And it also helps you go through setting up this budget. It'll show you what categories you need to set, and it walks you through getting a month ahead of your expenses. So this is a definite big, big situation if you're trying to homeschool and you only are living on one income. You can't just wonder where the money goes. You've got to set up a budget and tell your money where to go each month. You're in charge of your money. Don't let your money rule your life. Living on one income can be challenging, but you're not alone and it can be done. So here's the thing. You got to cut your costs where you can. You got to start a side hustle or shop smart, stick to a budget, and you can make it work. But let's talk about another situation that might come up. What if you actually do have a full-time job? What if both parents are working full-time or maybe a single-parent household is working uh, full-time? How in the world can you homeschool while you're in this situation? Well, can you look into creative shifts? Some people work on the weekend, like medical personnel might be able to do weekend shifts and then they have all week off, or maybe some work 10 to 12 hour days and then have maybe four days off in a row per week and that's when they homeschool. So think about how you can creatively juggle your situation. Um, maybe you can juggle the responsibilities. You know, nothing says that mom has to do all the homeschooling. Maybe while dad's home, because his work is on a more flexible schedule, he can do certain subjects with the kids. Now, honestly, I think if you're working full-time and homeschooling, I really think that's going to be a hard situation. Some people make it work. I'm not saying it's not doable, but I think you're going to have to really plan well and be organized to make it work well. 
So here are some questions to ask if you are homeschooling on one income. Okay, number one, you always have to know your priorities. You've got to know your why. What are you willing to live without? What are your priorities that you're not willing to change, and what can you live without in this season? Decide which parent needs to do the educating. How are we going to divide these responsibilities? Is one of the parents going to quit their job? And how, is our, how are our finances going to make it through? And this is part of the budgeting aspect. You've got to figure out how you're going to live on one income. And if one parent is leaving um, their employment to homeschool, it is a good idea to keep current with your field so it's easier to re-enter the workforce at a later date if you so choose. So those are some of the questions to ask. But finally, let's talk about some homeschool-specific tips. So these, these um, points so far have been about the family budget and how to make it work on a, from a money standpoint um, and in general household income. But let's talk about homeschool-specific tips. Are you ready? I was talking to a mom recently who was going to homeschool one of her children, and she was about to plop down almost $1,000 for curriculum, and she wasn't even sure she was going to continue with homeschooling even through this whole year. And I really told her to put the brakes on that. I said, look, I am homeschooling five kids this year, from kindergarten all the way up to two in high school, one in middle school, one in elementary school. And I said, and I only spent a little over $500 this year on curriculum. I said, there is no way that if you're not even committed to it, that you should be spending nearly 1000 for one kid. So here's the thing. Homeschooling does not need to break the bank. You can totally do it on a budget. You can totally do it on one income. You just have to be really smart about how you're going to do it. And I'll show you how. So here's the thing. If my family can homeschool five kids, even through high school, on a small budget, you can do it too. And there's lots of people who do it. You just got to look for the nuggets of wisdom. So here are some ways that we do it without spending a fortune. I really don't buy new curriculum very much. Look on eBay, keep that watch list going, and figure out early enough before the school year starts what curriculum you need, and you can usually find it on eBay. Um, this year, one of my kids had like 10 novels he needed to read, and I decided, you know, instead of buying them for $100 from the publisher in this nice little package because they pack it all together for you, I checked into our library ahead of time, and they had all but two of the books. And then the two books they didn't have, I was able to find on eBay for, you know, five bucks total, including shipping. It was so much easier, and now we just get it from the library when we need it. Combining ages is another super simple way to cut back on costs. Who says that your four kids in elementary school all need specific age and grade um, level history books, history workbooks, history tests, like the whole package? That, that could cost you $100 per kid just for one subject. No, that's not even needed. For K through 8, you can combine your kids, no problem. Buy a great science encyclopedia and work off of that. Use unit studies. Use notebooking. Buy an awesome history encyclopedia or buy a great history curriculum that's usable for many ages that you can reuse and go through all together. There are so many ways to do this in a, in a really smart way, and one of them is to combine as many ages as you can. Um, we did this so much while the kids were in K through 8. Now that I have some high schoolers, it does, it does make it a little more expensive because I need to buy some, some stuff for high school. But honestly, my younger kids are still able to work on that system. So combine ages when you can. Another way to do this is to buy curriculum that's reusable. We don't use a lot of workbooks and worksheets in our house. And if we do, we pull out the pages, we stick them in a um, plastic 
sleeves so that we can use dry erase marker and reuse them. I know that sounds crazy, but that's how we save money. So another way to do it is have the kids do the work on their own paper. We do this a lot too. And maybe it makes me seem really, um, what's the word, frugal or (laughs) one more negative word. Maybe I sound really stingy, but it's what we have to do. If we have five kids in our house, we have one income and we're making it work and that's what we do. So see if you can buy reusable curriculum. Here's another point. You have to decide what's necessary to educate your kids and what's wishful thinking. Sure, we all wish we could go out and buy that super sparkly curriculum that all comes in this beautiful, you know, big box that's everything that you could ever wish for is in there. But is that necessary? You know, maybe that's not in your budget. Maybe that's not necessary. What do I actually need? Go back to the minimum and see and afford that first. And then if you have extra room in your budget, add some more of those things that are just nice to have. This even goes for if you don't have money to set up a big homeschool room with all the all the gadgets and stuff, you can go simple. Just do it at your dining room table. Who said you have to spend thousands of of dollars on fancy homeschool furniture? You don't. Use what you have and don't feel guilty about it. There are so many free online resources as well. Some whole curriculums are online. I haven't personally um, used free online curriculum for my kids, but some people do. So look into it, see if it fits for you. So, like I said, there are so many ways to do this well on a budget. You just have to be smart. So see what you can save. See places where you can add more income as a side gig or even by working full-time on a creative schedule. Definitely make a budget. Tell your money where to go. But then also use smart um, ideas for purchasing curriculum and actually homeschooling in a way that you don't break the bank. And it can be done. So share your great ideas over at the show notes at 41more.com forward slash eight. And thanks for joining me on this podcast. Happy homeschooling.